So we begin, as always, with our prayer. Let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to infinite love, true intelligence, pure wisdom. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember and recognize our true nature is already perfect, already free. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to remember this truth. We lay on the altar all sense of lack or limitation, and we join together for the purpose of allowing ourselves to experience the highest and best in every moment. We are truly on a path of awakening. We are grateful to love and support each other, to join together in this group dialogue for the purpose of our healing. We share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. So here we go with another week on relationship. And next week we'll be doing the prayer power part two. And we're going to be having um, people uh, from year two and three and Ascension Pathway, uh, which is some people would might call it year four. Uh, uh, they're going to be joining us. And uh, because I've not done a prayer power part two before, so this is a, a first for us here in Masterful Living. And uh, this week in our relationship uh, adventure, I'm going to invite you to ask questions and to bring your personal uh, quandaries and concerns, your ahas, your insights uh, for uh, our discussion. So, uh, because I, I find that it's helpful every few weeks to just really dedicate a, a you know, once a, every month and a half or so to really dedicate a class to just answering questions and seeing what questions are. Um, yeah, I find that it's very fruitful. So who has something that they'd like to share? And, you know, first of all, I'd love to start off with a testimonial. Does anybody have a, 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 an aha, an insight, a gratitude? Like Paula gave us that wonderful share last week about her family vacation. Does anyone have something of a similar name that they'd like to uh, share with us? So if you're on uh, the phone uh, uh, and on video, I believe you can do star two uh, to raise your hand if you can't wave and I can see you. Nobody has any any testimonials, no no ahas all week. All right. Well sometimes we lose track of them and that's understandable. Uh it's one of the reasons why I like to write things down. 
So questions, who, who has a question? Something they'd like to bring up. Oh, there's Paula, sorry, couldn't. Sometimes it helps if you just wait, make a little movement, because uh, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's so small. So um, I um, am looking to ap apply mm -hmm. our lessons to my Lyme disease. You know, <clears throat> Lyme uh, disease is kind of <clears throat> like malaria in that you get it and it can reoccur due to stresses, et cetera, in your life. So there's these little things inside that are called spirochetes that create the problem in your body with Lyme. And I am looking to establish a relationship with the spirochetes. Uh, and um, I'd like to be able to do something like Ho'oponopono you know, to deal with the, the Lyme. How can I apply everything that I am learning, you know, and practicing to my own body and those little critters in there? Yeah. You know, and, and the first step was I actually began to feel love for them. So anyway, I, I don't know where to go from there. You know, I my internet dropped out a little bit there. So you said the it first. Did. Oh, I said the first thing. The first the first thing that's happened is I've begun to feel, um, and it, it, it sounds so silly to say this, but I've begun to feel love for the spirochetes. <laughs> They're innocent creatures. They're God's innocent creatures too, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's a beautiful perspective. That is beautiful. Uh, well, I think there are a number of ways that you can work with this towards your freedom from any kind of discomfort that you're experiencing. So one thing is when you began, Paula, you said uh, my Lyme disease. And for me, I, I don't like to even say my ego. I usually say the ego because I do not wish to claim it as mine or part of me. Okay, that's good. Yeah, so um, I, uh, you could say something else. And for me, I think what I might say is this appearance of Lyme disease. 
this appearance of illness? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I, I haven't ever had uh, an illness like that. I might even say this thing I'm experiencing because, and we'll, we'll get into this more in our prayer power classes, but I am uh, very clear about the power of my word. Very, very clear about the power of my word. And I, I can use my word to call things into being. And so one of the things that's very important to me is to be extremely mindful with my words and my, that's part of my spiritual practice. So that's why you'll hear me in class on the radio show in a, in conversation where I will say something. And then I, if I hear, hear myself use the word want or need, uh, and often if I will use the word always or never, you know, there those five words I say, uh, then should, uh, the, uh, those five words, want, need, always, never, and should are almost always an, in, in, an indication of the ego. And I say almost always because uh, many times when we do use the word always or never, we are talking about the infinite eternal nature of God. And so th then it's perfectly reasonable and it's actually quite valuable to be able to say God always this or God never that um, because that's the nature of the eternal. It is infinitely unchanging. So it's always and it's never. But things of this world always and never just don't apply. So, um, uh, so I'm very, very mindful of my word. And you might look at that. I, I find that that is <clears throat> something that's very, very common for people who become in some way identified as a person who has an illness <clears throat> becomes my illness. I, I've talked, I know my mother, when she had the experience of cancer, um, she would say my cancer, which is very common. I hear people say that all the time. I hear people say all the time, my ADD, my OCD, uh, and uh, ADD being for attention deficit disorder, OCD, obsessive, uh, compulsive uh, disorder. Um, what are some other examples of that? And other people can join in on us. So we'll just, you know. Anybody else have any examples? People claiming something they don't want. Caroline? Uh, my anxiety attacks or my uh -huh. anxiety. Yep, there you go. That's a good one. Thank you. Anybody else? Laurel? Say it again. You were, 
I my depression. My depression, that's so common. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Felicia? My ADD. Yep, my ADD. Yep. Good one. Yep. Juliana? No? No, no, no. Okay, I, I thought I saw you go like that. Um, Rieko? My pain. My pain. Yeah. Anybody else got one? Yeah, so this is valuable and helpful to us to look at the ways that we identify with something we, we don't wish for or we identify it with us. So I'm really glad you said that, Paula. It's helpful to all of us. So that was the first thing that uh, struck me because that was how you started, you know, my Lyme disease. So... Um, Uh, uh, Caroline, you know, she just made a comment there. Thank you for sharing this, Paula. Yeah, it, it, uh, how many of you are dealing with some, uh, physical ailment that is really, uh, troubling to you it's very concerning to you so we've got quite a number of people there yeah thank you so doing the ho'oponopono is extremely helpful uh if if you if you haven't yet read the book zero limits and uh read the teachings there of Dr. Hugh Lin and why Ho'oponopono is so effective. Uh, and it's, I think it's so inspiring and so helpful to hear his teachings or read his teachings. I, I like the audio book a lot. And where, in case you don't know, he through his practice of Ho'oponopono, which is a forgiveness prayer, he took responsibility for the things that were happening around him, including all the experiences of his patients. And he, in his spiritual practice of Ho'oponopono, he's taking responsibility for these projections that are showing up on the screen of his life. And he had a number of patients in this psych ward, there was a lockdown ward and um, where people, it was a very depressing place to be. Uh, you know, it was, uh, the paint was peeling off the walls. The staff had a very high rate of sick days. Um, it was a very unpleasant place. And over the course of a couple of years, while he was there and he was not seeing one client. All he did with his patients is he only did Ho'oponopono. And 
things began to change. Uh, the, the whole energy of the ward began to change. Uh, people began to behave differently. Uh, the patients began to get better. The staff all became more harmonious. The whole environment became more harmonious. The funds were given them to do um, refurbishment and painting and making things much nicer there. And uh, where there was a lockdown, um, then um, there's just some chat messages going on here. I want to make sure everybody can hear me. Uh, the name of the book is Zero Limits. Zero Limits. Um, And the, the patients in the ward began to be able to have uh, opportunities to leave and go and do day trips. Uh, the number of sick days that the staff took dramatically decreased. All of these were the effects caused by Dr. Hugh Lin's practice of Ho'oponopono. All of it direct result. So you see, we think that our words and our thoughts are not that powerful. So we, we allow ourselves to use them mindlessly without being mindful. And then we are distressed at the way things are um, manifesting in our life and we feel powerless. But we wouldn't feel powerless at all if we could see with some kind of um, vision, if we could see clearly all the effects of our thoughts, we would realize, oh my God, I'm so powerful. And that's why in this class, I invite everyone to prove God through understanding the power of your thought and word. And it takes courage to be able to do that because it's very easy to uh, be a victim and think that everybody else is responsible for what's happening to us and that we are the way we are because our parents didn't love us or we are the way we are because uh, we were hit by a car and our spine was damaged or because of you know, our spouse cheated on us or whatever it is that's going on. It's very easy to blame it all on that. But everything that transpires in our life has some kind of blessing for us. And we have to be able to stop judging it and thinking we know what everything is for in order to receive that blessing. We have to let go of our interpretation and the meaning that we make of things in order to see, see and receive the incredible blessing that everything is encoded with. I, it, one way to help us think about it is if you could realize that, as it says in A Course in Miracles, 
everything is gently planned by one whose only purpose is your good. And that one who gently planned everything is your higher self. It's you. You are your higher self. And so learning to be grateful for things just as they are is an incredible spiritual discipline. And part of our discipline is to be very mindful with our word. So that's something is to intend, Paula, to be so mindful with your thought and word and to ask your I am presence, your higher Holy Spirit self, your guardian angel, whatever works best for you in terms of the name of it, but to ask your higher self <clears throat> to show you where you're still believing and thinking and speaking uh, thoughts and words <clears throat> that and energizing beliefs that are being manifested as this Lyme disease. Now, the other thing is, is that Since there is a blessing in it for you, and probably many blessings, be willing to receive all those blessings without experiencing the disease anymore. If you can go into a place of actually being grateful for your experiences as they've been, and to be grateful for things as they are, and that really unlocks the resistance and the reluctance so that it can dissolve and the healing will often come forward now the other thing is is that sometimes and this is uh, in in the manual for teachers in the chapter um, should healing be repeated I forget which number that chapter is uh, it says in there don't doubt that the healing has happened just because the symptoms are still occurring. Don't doubt that the healing has happened. So this is why we work at the level of the mind. So it's, it's very valuable to be able to say, I'm calling forth a healing, I'm accepting a healing, and the healing is happening now. And I rejoice to receive the healing, to allow the healing and to harvest all the wisdom from my experiences. I am so grateful for everything just as it is. And that takes a tremendous amount of willingness. You know, it's the thing about willingness is you're either willing or you're not. We're either willing or we're not. There's no, I'm a little bit willing. It, a little bit willing is willing. It, it is a bit like uh, pregnancy. You know, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You, in the beginning, you're a little bit pregnant, but you're just as pregnant in the beginning as you are at the end. It's just the size of the, the child is different, you know, and the, the, um, the development. But you're still pregnant, you know. Day one, you're pregnant, and the day of delivery, you're pregnant until the baby is is born so um in our willingness a little bit of willingness is still willing and so cultivating that that little bit of willingness to be grateful for everything just as it is that is still willing 
And as it says in the Course, a little bit of willingness is all that is required. So we can go to the higher self and, and say, look, I have a little bit of willingness. And that's all that's required. So I am ready to experience transformation. I am ready to experience uh, healing. I am open and receptive because I have this little bit of willingness. It's all that's required. And I'm so grateful that I have all that's required. I find that really being in that relationship with spirit is so valuable to us. Uh, you've heard me say it earlier in the year that many people, they have a relationship with God as though if, if you could imagine that uh, God or spirit or your higher self or your guardian angel was somebody you lived with in the house that you almost never spoke to unless you were upset you know, or you felt desperate, uh, that most of the time you just wouldn't even say hi. You know, you just pass right by. And um, you you'd sit down at the breakfast table, you'd never acknowledge them, and you'd go throughout your whole day and go to sleep at night and, and just, you know, hardly a thought. Many, many people. And even many people who are reading all kinds of books about spirituality and taking classes, they don't actually have a relationship with their higher Holy Spirit self. So I find that one of the most helpful tools I have is to consistently be asking questions. And it's, oh, what's this for? Oh, wh what, what is this about? What can I learn from this? How can I transcend this? And consistently asking helpful questions not questions like uh and you've heard me say this before so not asking why is this happening to me but asking hmm i wonder why this is happening to me i'd like to know what's this about not trying to figure it out asking the question and leaving the question for spirit to answer sometimes we're asking a question and being contemplative Oh, I'd like to know about uh, beauty. Oh, I'd like to understand uh, abundance and prosperity. Oh, I'd like to really be in tune with the flow of love. I, I'd like to unblock my heart. And we're just sitting there being contemplative for five or ten minutes. You know, spiritual practice doesn't require hours and hours and hours. It's great if you have that to give to it. But we can have life-changing practice. And people have told me this year after year in Masterful Living. I just put in five minutes a day and it completely changed my life. I mean, I've heard that many times. I was just very consistent. Five minutes a day, ten minutes a day. You know, some days I had two minutes and some days I had 20. But I just gave it something every day. And... Um, that's why I say, you know, you can make a prayer while you're walking down the hall, while you're sitting on the toilet, while you're folding the clothes, while you're, you, you know, many people don't really have a conversation with God. And so that relationship is our most important relationship. And being open to asking Spirit to reveal to you 
are you, uh, am I holding on to this illness for any reason whatsoever? Do I think that this is bringing me uh, something I, that I can't let go of? What is the path of my releasing this? I'm willing to release it. Show me how. So I'm going to come back to you, Paula, and just see if any of that is helpful to you. Do you have any other questions about it? No, thank you. That's a lot to absorb and ground. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. So a number of you raised your hands that you also have issues physical body issues that are uh, really concerning you. Does anybody else have thoughts or questions about this? Or have you learned something about your own healing journey that you could share with us? Marilyn. Um, I have a spazzed hip. And it's been um, bothering me mostly since it come on mostly since my husband died. And uh, so I'm thinking, well, it's something to do with that. But I've been asking for the reason. And what came to me was that there's so many chores around this house on 10 acres and things that he used to do that I can't do, don't want to do. I'm resisting it. And I'm using my sore hip as an excuse. Mm. And I realized doing that you know I'm still having it it's still there so I haven't let it go yet but this is really helpful I really like the idea of using Ho'oponopono on it yeah I really like it. yeah and isn't it okay if you don't want to do the chores well I have to make it okay I guess <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm getting help. I'm getting some mow the lawns because there's a lot of grass and I'm working on that, but things show up that sometimes I don't know how to do. And, um, I'm using that as an excuse for everything and I have to stop it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah let's look at that for a minute. I think that's a wonderful thing to, that can help us all, Marilyn. So what's the difference between Tell, tell, explain what you mean when you say excuse. Um, if I'm talking to somebody and I have weeds in my garden in the front and I'm saying, well, my hip really bothers me when I get down on my knees and I can't do that very well, so I just can't do it, you know, and I probably could do some, but I tell people that. So it's partly just to get their empathy or to understand why my weeds are in my garden, right? Yeah. Do they care why there are weeds in your garden? Probably not. <laughs> are they asking guess, about the weeds in your garden? No, I, it's just that I, I care. So I, I present this, you know, in case they're judging my weeds. Has anybody ever indicated that they were judging your weeds? Um. No, but I see them looking at my garden, and I wonder what they're thinking, right? So I'm imagining that they're thinking and seeing my weeds, and that garden is not really tended properly. Oh. Hmm. 
Yeah. Um, but I really like, I really like the whole Ho'oponopono idea that that just really wrapped me up. I just think that's wonderful. And I'm certainly going to use that and your other ideas. Um, I just feel so inspired now to get rid of it. Good, good. But let's also look at then what will be your excuse? Because you don't want to create another excuse. Right. Yeah. Because if the if the the pain in your hip, it's pain in your hip. Yeah. If the pain in your hip is your defense against doing something you don't like. If you don't like doing the weeding, you'll you'll just create another excuse, right? I guess. Yeah. I guess so why? Yeah. So why not instead take a different approach? Now, I mean, you can still do the the whole pono pono and 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 eliminate the pain in your hip. But you know, it's just like um, people quit smoking and then they start smoking again. So they go through the painful experience of withdrawing from the addiction, and they get six months out, six years out, and then they start smoking again, right? Because they never cleared the um, reason why they were smoking in the first place. So, now everybody... I guess I'm jumping. Huh? I'm jumping to myself all the time. Somehow I'm, I'm afraid of being judged. And I think maybe just in talking about it, I feel like I have to make it okay to have the weeds in my garden. You know, I have to make that okay and not be defensive about it. Because I, I do feel I have to explain it. I right. Do, I feel that. that right. I have to explain it. So yeah. let's just see. Are there some other things that you could do about the weeds in the garden? Just not, not, not even to think about what you, you would do, but let's, let's not make it you, your weeds and your garden. So let's just say that, you know, um, uh, Belinda has weeds in her garden and she just, she doesn't want to do the weed, deal with the weeds. She does not want to pull the weeds. What are her um, choices? And everybody can join in here. What are some choices that Belinda might have? Well, hire somebody to do the weeding. Hire someone to do the weeding. Okay. Does that appeal to you, Marilyn? Um, well, I guess I, I have thought of it, and I, I tried to get the fellow that's mowing my lawns to do the weeding, but I haven't connected with him, and if things are getting in the way, it's not working, that I can find somebody to do it. How, how many hours have you put into this project? Trying to find somebody. How many should, how many should I put in? How no, how many have you? <laughs> I haven't put hardly anything into it this year. I have spent yeah. a bit of time, but no. And, you know, I, I read it and I think, oh, it's really, I've done it. It's great. And then all of a sudden, the weeds are back and I think, oh, look at all that. I got to do it all over again. 
Yeah, it's like cleaning the house or doing the laundry, right? The dishes, the grocery shopping, lots of things in life are like that. So one of the, the habits that human beings uh, who are working with the ego have is that they will manifest some recurring thing that they feel bad about. So, and they'll do something like they'll clean the house and then for, you know, an hour they feel really good. Oh, I cleaned the house. Look at me. I'm the clean house person, which means I'm a good person, means I'm a better person. It means people, I'm lovable. It means I'm likable, right? All these things that it means, right? So you weed the garden and now you're a good person. You're a responsible person. You're a much better person than the person who doesn't weed I, their clothes. Yeah, what? I like it that way. I like it to see it all nice and weeded. Yeah, you like it. It, it makes, makes you happy. So this yeah. is where the, like, go with me on this because the, the, the garden becomes like a false idol. The weeded garden is, you know, the thing that, now this is evidence I am a good person because my garden is weeded. But if people come over and they see weeds in your garden, they are going to think what? They're going to uh, make the meaning of it that your weeded garden means what? And people can join in here. What does it mean if someone's garden isn't weeded? What does it say about them? Come on, I know some of you have got something to say here. They could be lazy. Yes, they they, yeah, means they're lazy. Yeah. yeah. Caroline That's said they're not good enough. I, I think, gosh, maybe they've got something going on. Maybe somebody died or something. Poor person, they're probably wiped out tired. I'm, Sometimes I think that, that that person looks like they have a lot going on. Yeah. So Tracy, Tracy's a little more compassionate. Well, sometimes, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's not being mean and judgmental. She's yeah. compassionate. Yeah. <laughs> Felicia. Or maybe they just don't care. Maybe they don't care. Yeah. And, and what does it, what does it say about them if they don't care about their garden? They've got other priorities. Tracy yeah. says they've got other priorities. But it could also mean, too, that they're just not a good person. Right? That's what the ego might say. Laurel? They're letting down the neighborhood by they're not keeping the standards up. They're letting down the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Cheryl says they don't care about themselves. Or they don't care enough. Isn't that one we do all the time? They just don't care enough. You know, the strange part of this is, if I was to go to somebody else's place and see that their garden's all not weeded and their house is messy, I mean, I might 
think something for a second or two and then I just dismiss it and I, I enjoy the person. And I don't really judge their place. It doesn't matter. It's only mine that matters. Right. Right. Today at the Peace Village, I saw something. I'm trying to remember what it was. Some kind of mess that someone had made and hadn't cleaned it up. They're, you know, they just left it as though somebody else would clean it up for them. And um, the thought came into my mind, what kind of person does that? And I heard that thought and I was like, oh yeah, what kind of person does that? Let's see if we can find out what kind of person. The kind of person <laughs> I am one with, that's the kind that does it. Mm. Yeah. So it's so helpful to look at these thoughts, you know. So, because Marilyn, what you're talking about is something that we're all so familiar with that we prejudge ourselves. So, you know, I judge myself for not weeding the garden and then the UPS guy comes and I meet him at the door and I'm thinking the UPS guy is judging me for my weedy garden. And so I say to him, you know, oh, I haven't had time to weed my garden, you know, and then he comes again next week and I still haven't had time to weed my garden, but I've had time to shop online. That's why he's bringing me things, you know, it's, we have these crazy, crazy, right? It's good. You're laughing. We have these, it, but the important thing to understand here is that we actually create these circumstances in order to keep the judgments about ourselves going, to keep us trapped and playing small and limited so we don't feel good about ourselves. We create these things again and again and again. Let's see, we have uh, Cheryl's writing in, uh, the garden and the weeds are mediator for the mind and our own self-judgment. I don't know what that means, mediator for the mind. Cheryl. It's not mediator, it's supposed to be metaphor. It's supposed oh, to be metaphor. a metaphor. Okay, metaphor. That's just my thing, I guess. Well, you know, the, um, the autocorrect, my autocorrect so often will completely take words, you know, like, um, oh, I write so many words like beingness. You know, the beingness or just whatever and autocorrect constantly. I, I, I like to say ish a lot, you know, like, um, well, anyway. Yeah. So, you know, what I'm going to invite us to do here in the midst of this um, is to start thinking about what are the things that you have in your life that are similar to Marilyn and her relationship to her weeds and her garden. The weeds and her garden. What, what are you generating in your life, if anything? What's going on in your life where you are continuously cycling through some experience that you don't like that's really self-created, self-generated. It's probably a better way to express it. 
self-generated that or ego generated that keeps you in a cycle of self-recrimination self-judgment self-attack and that you you can shift and change your mind about it so now with your weeds and the the weeds in your garden marilyn so and and everybody here she could hire someone to weed her garden right so that's one option what are some other options for marilyn tracy oh uh, maybe maybe do something different mulch it or something so the weeds don't come up i mean try to find a a way to do the garden where you don't have weeds yeah exactly just turn it into lawn mm -hmm. more lawn have all <laughs> lawn. you know i'm not saying you'd like to do that but it's just a possibility dina i have the exact same problem as marilyn with the the garden and mowing and i mow for the neighbor and i have back gardens and housework and then the plumbing goes bad and it was it was just driving me nuts so finally and I, I did the same thing she did someone would come for something else and i'd start making excuses for everything I, that's a very good point you pointed out i'm not going to do that anymore but this weekend i said to myself um whatever i get done is going to be good enough and i'm going to try my best and i actually had a better weekend I didn't get everything done, but it was good enough. And I feel okay about that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yep, it's a, that's a self-loving approach. Yeah, it really was 100% better than um, the way it's been like for the past couple of years, actually. Beautiful. Similar to that, I, I was noticing something today um, and, and I decided I needed to switch from being critical of what I didn't get done to focus on what I did get done. Just be kind to myself that way. I, I took some time to get something done. It was time consuming today, but it's going to save me time and help me feel better for um, probably a month or six weeks to come. I, I made some some soup, you know, and, um, but, but it, you know, it took a chunk of time, <laughs> but, uh, and so that was frustrating because I have a lot of other things to do, but I thought, no, that, that was something to, um, focus on what I did that was positive, that was self-care instead yeah. of all that I didn't get done because I spent the time to make the soup. Right. Yeah. So that's self-loving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. But I have a pattern of focusing on what I haven't done versus, so what Deanna just shared reminded me of that and, 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 and what a difference. And, and, it, and then it energizes me if I focus on what I did something good. But if, I mean, I, I kind of grew up with, I think my parents' intentions when we did chores was to help us learn how to do them better. So then they'd show us what we didn't do right about every, like doing the dishes, you know, it was always then afterwards coming, well, you didn't, you know, you could have done this better and you could have done that better. And I think as an adult, I realized now they were just trying to teach us, but um, instead of focusing on like congratulating or what a great job you did and celebrating it, which is 
is more energizing. So it's positive energy versus draining energy. Yeah, I think I shared earlier in the year, Tracy, that I had a realization that when I was learning how to do the dishes uh, at about age 12, my father taught me, he was very critical of my doing the dishes and not so encouraging. And I, I felt, I came away feeling ashamed mm -hmm. that I hadn't done it better, but I was learning, you know, mm -hmm. and um, uh, I felt criticized and ashamed. And so I had this, uh, I came away with this thought that I hate doing dishes. I don't like doing dishes. And so I'm 57 years old and this winter, um, one of the things I would do when I was um, at my brother's house in New Jersey, which I was there for several months on and off, and um, my, my brother does most of the cooking. He cooks dinner five nights a week. And so um, he goes down to cook dinner at about six o'clock or something like that. And uh, I, I say down because his office is on the top floor of the house. And uh, so I would go into the kitchen at the same time that he was making dinner in order to kind of hang out with him. And I would do the dishes that had been in there from breakfast and lunch because uh, he and my sister-in-law both working at home, I'm working there. And so they're all, you know, these dishes piled up uh, by the end of the afternoon and when he's making dinner. So I would go in and do all the dishes and do whatever dishes say he was generating while he was making dinner. And I realized one of these days that I was doing those dishes, I don't hate doing the dishes at all. I don't mind it at all. It's not my favorite activity, but I don't hate doing them. I, I, there are other things I would prefer to do and the other things that I like less than washing the dishes, you know, but there's no hatred in it at all. But what I disliked was being shamed and criticized. And I associated it with the dishes, but I made a new association of spending time with my brother and being harmonious in the kitchen with him. And we would have little conversations about different things. It was very pleasant. It was a way for us to kind of connect and bond and, um, and I could keep him company while he was making the dinner. Um, so I, I think it's really important for us to see what are the things that we keep putting ourselves through over and over and over and over, sometimes on a daily basis. Um, because let's face it, most people need to do dishes almost every day, even if they have a dishwasher, you still have to do some dishes. I mean, I guess some people just have takeout and just throw all those containers away and stuff, but I don't know many people who do that. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, um, but um, most of us have dishes to do. So what are the things that we are setting ourselves up for? And it's a constant shaming, it's a constant judging we can eliminate those and it will truly change our life. And Dina's example of her experience last weekend 
is a great one, right? So I, I just want to go back to Marilyn here a minute. So she could hire someone to do the weeding for her. She could uh, change her garden and make it something else. You know, she could cover it with rocks and uh, or mulch and um, uh, do some other kind of thing that didn't require weeding. Uh, she could turn it into more lawn. Not saying she would do that, but that's just something, you know, it's an alternative. Some people do stuff like that. Um, some people have yard, I've, in California, I saw a number of people that just had some rocks and some cactus and that was it, you know, mm -hmm. um, any other ideas of things that Marilyn could do as an alternative to weeding her garden, you know, or working with that Marilyn. Um, I just had a thought while you've been talking the last Bit. And um, I realized that what the problem is, is that I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy within myself. So I have to show everybody that I am worthy by because out here, because that's all I seem to be able to control. Right. But I don't feel good about myself. And right. I think that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We, we create things out there in the world that we are, are in some way identified with, like you're identified with your garden. So people look at your garden. Marilyn doesn't weed her garden. She doesn't take care of her garden. She doesn't care about herself. Marilyn's worthless. You know, I mean, not saying that anybody would think that, but yeah. you, right? But you think that others will think that. So then you're, you're judging yourself and then you're explaining yourself and you're making excuses. So potentially you could be creating this physical pain and, and challenge in order to just keep this whole thing going. It's a, it, it, these are the kinds of ways that our, our self judgments manifest in the physical realm. So it's, it's really, Marilyn, it's so important to understand it's not that you're doing something wrong. It's really to understand that our personality is experimenting with different thoughts coming into manifestation in different ways in order to discover and to learn. But what I'm trying, what I'm, I am sharing with you in Masterful Living is that we do not have to learn like this. Everything that is known is known to us because we share one mind where everything is known. So we can stop learning through experience and we can start to remember through direct knowing and how we get there is we purify our mind of all false beliefs how do we do that every time we notice one we give it to the holy spirit for healing we don't have to figure out where we where it came from how long we've had it what the effects are we don't have to understand it we don't have to 
in any way, look at it. We can call That's for a healing. Now, sometimes it's interesting to us and sometimes it can be helpful for us to look at things in order to really decide, you know what? I don't want to have this in my life anymore. Or sometimes we look at things deeply and we say, yes, I see what this is about now. And because I can see this clearly, I am now going to choose this other thing because I'm not interested in this anymore. I've experienced it so deeply. I comprehend it now. I've learned all I'd like to learn from it. I'm done, I'm complete, I'm moving on. I've, I've experimented with illness to a great degree. Now I'd like to experience wholeness for the rest of eternity. So this is a much bigger problem than what I thought, isn't it? <laughs> no, here's it's, the thing. Here's the thing. There's no problem. There's the illusion of separation that shows up as all these permutations. Mm. So the thing here, Marilyn, is to celebrate that you are on this path of liberation. And thank God for the weeds in your garden. Look how helpful they are. Yeah. Yeah, so it's about like the excuses. What are the excuses for? The excuses are actually so that we feel bad about ourselves. Hmm. Wow. We think the excuses are for another reason to get out of doing something, but that's not what they're about. Not in this case, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Do you do you feel like your excuses for not doing the physical labor around the house are so that you won't have to do it? Or does it feel to you authentically, Marilyn, like they're to make you feel bad about yourself? I don't think I don't see how it makes me feel bad about myself. To me, I'm doing it to make myself feel better, right? That's how I see it anyway. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's take a, a, a couple of minutes to look at that. So can you give an example of uh, an excuse that you've given? Maybe the one you said before, where you said, uh, you know, somebody comes to your house and they look over at your weedy garden and you say, oh, you know, I've got this pain, so I haven't been able to weave my garden. Mm -hmm. and, and it makes you feel better about yourself, right? Is that what you're saying? I think so, yeah. I, I think it does, it seems to make me feel more justified somehow in my being. Uh -huh. Okay. That I have a reason, you know? Right. It's not because you're a bad person. It's because you have this pain. Mm -hmm. Is that, that what you're feeling? Yeah. 
Okay. So what if the pain is there so that you have this continuous excuse? Because what, what I heard you say was that you have the experience of judging yourself when people come over because of the state of your garden. Yeah. And, and probably other things too. That's just one example. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is the excuse uh, a defense against the judgment? I don't know. <laughs> that it could doesn't be. speak to me. I don't understand what that is. Yeah. Can, can anybody relate to this? I see a little bit of nods. Um, would anybody be able to share how they can relate to this and see themselves in Marilyn's situation? Well, Dina, what you were sharing seemed like you, you could really relate to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been sitting here thinking about um, what an enormous, um, I think somebody used the word metaphor earlier. It really, you know, I think it's because it's, I don't have this problem at work. I don't have this problem with exercise. Um, but I step foot into my home area and, and I have this, it's just this huge issue. And um, I think for me, these weeds repre absolutely represent shame. And, you know, it, it's been very, it, it's very, it can be very depressing trying to deal with, um, I'm very high energy at work, but here it's, it's, it's just a different story. And I love um, flowers and gardens and permaculture uh, and helping the neighbor and growing things. And um, it just, it's been so overwhelming though. And I think, I think that I did, I did kind of have a breakthrough this weekend when I realized that I don't want to be controlled by that anymore. I, I want to feel good about myself and about uh, my garden and my house and and what I found was I was outside a lot more instead of being worn out and I have to go inside and sit down um, I found myself outside I would go out and do as much as I could then I would come in and maybe read or listen to you know something audiobook or something like that then I go out again and do a little bit more and then the neighbor would come out and she brought me a brownie. And then, you know, they were just, you know, the little cat came from across the street. It was just very pleasant and um, came inside. Did a few, you know, it was just a, just a whole different, I didn't feel ashamed. I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel like the neighbors were mean looking at my weeds. You know, there, there was just the whole, a whole different uh, lighter feeling. So I do think that we may have hidden places where whether it can be at work for someone, my car is another issue. Cleaning my car is a big thing, big, big thing. I have a lot of something around that. Um, but I know that I'm not, I mean, I can, I, I can work out and 
do a lot of things four or five days a week. I know that I have energy. I know that I'm, you know, I've, I've had issues in my past where I've been called lazy. That was a growing up thing. Um, so I think I triggered, I've triggered myself with certain issues and I'm just, I'm not, I just not going to allow it anymore. I'm not sure Marilyn's could be coming from a different, she did mention that after her husband died, she began to feel these things. So hers may be tied into something a little different, but um, for me, I'm, 100% sure that mine is representation of shame, shaming myself over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm really seriously not interested in that anymore at all. That's beautiful, Dina. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you. Cheryl. I had um, the very same issue. I had um, my garden was so full of weeds, it's out of control. And I was waiting for um, the neighborhood that I live in, the borough, to to me a citation because it was so bad. Um, and yet, didn't feel I wasn't going to do the work. I just, I knew I didn't matter excuses or whatever I was going to plan to do. I just knew I wasn't going to do it. So I just had to come to terms with that. And I think for myself, what I struggled with was that when I was growing up, we needed to do everything ourselves. We had to do all the work, all the housework, the gardening, you know, we were to um, pay anyone to do the, that kind of work so that, you know, you had to do all the work and you had to do it yourself. Um, and I decided I wasn't going to do it and I was going to hire somebody to um, do my work. And I did a lot of praying and I actually did the Ho'oponopono on that that I needed to have done. That um, the person would come along uh, that I could pay to do this, and um, my sister-in-law and brother were having work done on their garden, and just asked the, the man that was in the work, "Well, when you're done here, could you come give me an estimate? I'd love to get some done too." You, and you he lined up. Cheryl, um, what? You're you're breaking up a lot. And uh, just in I'm the sorry. last 30 seconds, I, I really couldn't understand what you were saying, just the last 30 seconds. The um, issue I found that was for me was about asking for help. I'm, I'm just really not understanding. Are other people having trouble understanding her too? Yeah. Do you have any way, uh, is there, are there, any ways you can take some other thing offline so you have better bandwidth? I'm not hearing anything now. Sorry. Yep, that's okay. Sometimes, like, I'll just tell everybody, sometimes with what I do is I make sure, like, I. I if I'm on my computer, like I am now, I take my phone offline. 
um, I take I close email softwares and, and other things that, you know, like my calendar that syncs or uh, different things you might have that are syncing to the internet and stuff like that. You can take those things off and then it just gives you more bandwidth for our call. So I don't know if there's anything you can do like that, Cheryl. Is that any better? Oh, that's a lot better. It's a new cell phone. Ah, okay. Anyway. Yes. Much um, so to sum up, the uh, I, I was taught as a child to do all the work myself. And so the issue or what I learned from my situation was to ask for help. Right. Yes. That's it right there. So glad you said that, Cheryl. Because that's the thing is, first we ask for help from spirit, from the angelic realm, from the spiritual realms. Help me to see this clearly. Help me to transcend whatever limiting thought or belief is showing up here. Because this is this, going back to what I was initially sharing with Marilyn, if the pain that she's experiencing is for the purpose of consistently causing her to not feel well enough to do the chores, and so she is consistently feeling bad about herself. Maybe that's what the pain is all about. It's about keeping her in this experience of limitation and lack, right? Limited experience with her body, lack of energy, lack of freedom, lack, lack, lack. And so, um, um, so uh, I think, did you want to share more there, Cheryl? Well, now I have a beautiful garden that I just adore, and it feels so good to come home to and see such a beautiful garden. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. I, I asked Spirit first for help. I did the Ho'oponopono, and then... Whoever I, I, I came across, whether it was a business card or in person, I would just ask them for the help that I needed. And they could say yes or they could say no. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. See, that's the thing is, what I hear and what you're sharing, Cheryl, is you made the decision, you made the choice to open your life to receive to receive support, answers, assistance, insight, wisdom, all the things that bring the flow. And that, that we, when we have uh, an increasing self-love and self-esteem, we're asking for assistance and support, insight, clarity, etc. So we're not asking from a point of, um, you know, begging and pleading. 
we're saying, I, I'm worthy of these good things. I'd like to have them. I'm asking for them. I'm opening myself to receive them. You know, it's like I used to have this mindset, I have to do everything myself because then it means I'm a better person if I can do everything myself, right? So I, I didn't like to ask anyone for help because I thought it was better for me if I, if I just did everything myself. Um, I think we have more than one person unmuted here. So if you're not actively uh, speaking, maybe, let's see, I'm just gonna mute. I don't seem to be able to um, mute you there, Cheryl. Oh, there we go. I just could hear some background noise there. Um, I'm not sure who it was. Um, Laurel. I would like to ask about this issue that we're talking about, asking for help, because I, I also can really relate to having done everything myself, been you know, kind of like the warrior person getting right. through life until right. I couldn't do it anymore. But lately, I mean, part of having an illness for a long time, I definitely have learned I have to ask for help because I just can't do things anymore. Right. If you saw my garden right now, you would know this, this, there's not a well person that lives here. <laughs> it's a mess. And I just go, that's, yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. But, but, but something happened this weekend. Um, a pipe broke in my hot water heater on Saturday. And I, I clearly needed help. And um, I, I was calling around, and then finally a, I got a, a handyman to come over, and he, he worked hard, and he, but he couldn't figure out what to do. And he said, you're going to have to wait, um, you know, for a, plum, a real plumber to come. So today, uh, a real plumber came, and he recommended somebody. And five hours later, in a $700 bill, I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, why, <laughs> this doesn't, this didn't feel like a good help, <laughs> like asking for help. This felt to me like I was being taken advantage of um, asking for help. And I can hear my father, you know, when I was much younger saying, a single woman should never own a house because she'll never be able to take care of anything. And so now I'm feeling all this shame because my hot water heater pipe burst. And I feel like I got myself in hot water <laughs> with a hot water heater and this huge bill that just, I feel like I was taken advantage of because I didn't really, I don't know the first thing about plumbing and how to ask somebody, you know, whether what they're doing is, in my best interest or not. I was just, tr I was trusting that it was. So I'm just in a quandary about that right now. Yes. So what if, Laurel, this entire experience was to bring this shame thought hidden in the recesses of your awareness to the front of your awareness because you're intent on letting it go. And okay. what if this 
$700 bill is going to be one of the best things that ever happened in your whole life because it became the pivotal thing that helped you to release this shame pattern. I, I could, I, I, I would be okay with that, actually. All right. So let's assume that that's exactly what's occurring. Okay. It and makes it, me feel much better. Yeah. And rejoice. Yeah. So one thing you could do is you could write that forgiveness letter to yourself for the what? For just forgiving myself for just being innocent and trusting and not not knowing. I mean, just, just I, I couldn't know. Right, right. And what, what else is there to forgive yourself for? Well, for shaming myself. Yeah. Yeah. For believing your father. Yeah, believing my father. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because you know what? In a very real way, your father probably just helped you to bring up for healing a belief that you brought into this world. Yes. Yes. So here's the culmination of the healing. And you, what I would say you could do is you could celebrate the release of all of this and be so grateful, write, write a, a beautiful letter of gratitude that it only cost you $700. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let me just ask anybody here, does anybody have a, um, Caroline writes, that is beautiful, Laurel. Uh, does anybody here have some deep sense of shame that if you could let it go for $700, $1,000, would you, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to write that check, put that up? <laughs> yes. Exactly. So that's <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's really about everything works together for our good. And you can see that here we are seven months into Masterful Living. You, now you can more clearly see you know what? Yeah, okay, I could see how that could work together for my good. I'm going to accept this is for my good, and I'm going to celebrate it and rejoice and give thanks and to claim my healing now. Mm. And that I don't have to have more and more and more experiences in order to have a healing. This is the one. Let it be so. I'm accepting it. Now, and then notice, does that bring up a sense of doubt? Like, oh, it can't be that easy. No, it just can't be. It can't be. No, I, as a matter of fact, I think it can be that easy. Right. I just didn't know what it was that could be that easy. <laughs> yeah. But somebody else might be feeling, well, that might be work for Laurel, but not for me. So it's just if anybody's feeling like, no, I don't think that can work for me. No, that's not me. Um, 
look, here's another place to look at. Are you making yourself special? Mm -hmm. Right? If you have that thought, because it's so common for most of us. I mean, I really feel most of us will have this thought recurring. Oh, no, I, I am special. I am worse than the rest of them. Yeah. I'm really bad. Because I, I have one. I mean, I have a, one that I tell myself because, <laughs> and it keeps manifesting. Like with the, with the pipe, you know, they were saying, I've never seen anything like it. And I said, oh, my gosh, if I had $100 for every time somebody in my life, has, especially doctors, have said to me, I've never seen anything like it. I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. I would be rich, really, really rich. So that's a recurring thought that I have that somehow and that makes me special. I'm not in a way that I want to be special, but I keep creating it. Yeah, so one of the, 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 the healing affirmations you could have is, I'm just like everybody else. I'm magnificent. I'm perfect. I'm beautiful. I'm part of God. I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. Nobody's better than me. Nobody's worse than me. I'm not special. I'm just like everybody else. I'm magnificent. I'm wonderful. I'm beautiful. I'm perfect. When I was really in a terrible depression once, a couple of friends who were great healers held me in a circle, and I had this beautiful journey to Jerusalem where I felt like I met Jesus. And he looked at me and he said, you are as wondrous and beautiful as any being in the universe. And I always have felt like that was the most precious gift I've, I've ever received. So just yeah. what you're saying. So telling yourself that. Yes. I, 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 I don't tend to remember that very often. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you. All right. We are going to wrap it up here. Um, I have a couple quick more thoughts to share. And um, I'd like to say thank you to Paula. She started this whole, whole train of thought. And thank you to Marilyn uh, for her sharing, too. Um, that's been so helpful to all of us. Uh, you know, what I'm going to invite you to do is to really connect with your prayer partner and in your sacred circles on this topic because these are the ways that we make ourselves so special and where we actually set ourselves up for shaming 
and for uh, feeling bad about ourselves. And I, uh, Marilyn, I, I really invite you to look at, I think there's a wonderful opportunity here for you to look at, are, is it possible that you could be experiencing this recurring pain as a way to generate these excuses and uh, feeling badly about yourself. Um, and the antidote really is to uh, simply say to the higher self, I I'm not interested in experiencing this pattern anymore. And I'd like to heal it back to the root cause. I'd like the, the higher self to heal it back to the root cause so I don't experience it anymore. And I would also invite you to consider, is it possibly, the, uh, the pain, is it possibly a manifestation of your grief about losing your husband? Uh, or not having him there in your life. Hang on one second. Let me unmute you there, Marilyn. Go ahead. I'm sure that sure that's got to be part of it because um, I've lost motivation too for a lot of things, and I and I think that's because of his death, and then not finished with the grief yet. Um, so it's probably all tied up. And, and other things I've thought of since the girls have been talking about, you know, um, I think it was Deanna mentioned exercise. She exercised and doesn't have any problem with it, but I use my hip as an excuse for not exercising too, and I've gained weight. So there's all these things going on, and now I've got some really good ideas to, to work with. I'm just, I'm excited to work with these ideas. I just feel yeah. excited. Yeah. You know, and, and um, thank you for that, Marilyn. Uh, Paula, do you have any f further words you'd like to add? No, no. Okay. I mean, it's been very, uh, enlightening listening to everybody share and I appreciate that yeah so I know it's not the answer for everyone because um, not everyone has financial resources um, however um, for me for instance I've realized things like um, There are times of the year when I have uh, a, a very full workload, uh, like when we're closing out Masterful Living at the end of the year and we're starting the new year of Masterful Living. And some, some weeks uh, I will be working 60 hours a week. It's a very, very full work week. And so I'll do things like... Um, I'll hire someone sometimes to come in and cook for me, uh, you know, and I, for quite a while now, I've hired someone to clean house for me because I am, I work at home and I'm at home a lot. And if I'm also cleaning the house, then 
um, it can feel like all I do is work at home because I like to keep a really clean house. And um, so I, I, one of the things I realize is, you know what, I'd rather do what I do well and I enjoy, which is counseling and teaching. And uh, I'd rather do that than do the cleaning. And I'd rather pay someone to do that who would like that job, who would like that work, who enjoys that work. And then they can come in and spread their joy in my home. I can appreciate them. They can appreciate me. And there's an exchange there. And that feels like prosperity to me. But I can honestly say that when I had more of a lack and limitation mentality, I thought, oh, I have to do it myself, that this is a waste of money. I can do it by my, myself. It's not uh, prudent for me to, to have someone else do it. And um, the more that I have moved into this consciousness of let me see if I can do something I like to earn the money to pay someone to do what I don't like to do. That, that to me, makes more sense. Um, and it, again, it wouldn't fit everyone's situation. However, it's about opening our mind to really find um, new ways of looking at things. So, um, for me, a lot of it is looking at, am I loving myself? Or am I burdening myself with shoulds? So I'm going to close out with this. I was <clears throat> talking with a spiritual friend of mine who said that they were having a, um, a text message exchange. Uh, she was having a text message exchange with somebody who was a, a newish friend. And her friend said to her something like, well, you should go look at this thing and, and you should do this. And she wrote back, I'm not familiar with that word should. That's new to me. What does it mean? Right? So then her friend wrote back and said, uh, I get it. I get it. You know? <laughs> so, but we should on ourselves. So we can laugh. We can say, we, if we hear the should word, we can say, oh, I wonder what that means, that should. What does that mean? And if you hear someone in your life saying to you should, and you start to feel angry or resentful or protective, you can laugh and say, I'm not familiar with that word should. What does it mean? Can you define it for me? And we have new ways to both teach and learn through laughter and be the happy learner. So there is so much richness in this topic here. I'm really strongly inviting you to contemplate it, to talk with your prayer partners, and look at how might you be creating situations in your life that are consistently recurring where you feel bad about yourself, 
and where you are feeling ashamed. And it's not about just finding, it's not for Marilyn, it's not just about hiring someone to do the weeding for her, right? It's about really being willing to say, whatever is the root cause of this pain in my hip, I'm willing to let it go. So going back to Paula's original question, sometimes it, it can be, and we can talk about this more, um, sometimes it can be so helpful to be contemplative and just talk with the pain and say, okay, pain, you've got something to teach me. You've got something I can learn from you. What is it you want? What is it you like? What are you trying to tell me? What's your message for me? What's your gift to me? And to begin to talk with it in these ways. And it's amazing what we can learn when we do that. So we can talk more about this for sure in coming classes. Beautiful. What a beautiful discussion. Thank you, everyone. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and thankful that our prayers are powerful. So grateful and thankful that the love of God is all that we are, all that we ever will be. So grateful to have this precious human experience to dance and learn and play. So grateful to have each other, to have community that each one's sharing and participation, the deep listening. We lift each other up. We're healing together. Together, we're letting go of the patterns of pain and suffering, lack and limitation, confusion and despair and depression. We're letting them go. We're letting them dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause so that we never experience them again. And we're calling upon the company of heaven and all that is holy to assist us, to walk with us, to talk with us. And we are grateful and thankful to share the benefits with everyone. We are grateful and thankful to be profoundly receptive to the healing, to the good. In gratitude, we allow it to be. We let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. I love you all. Thank you so much for a great class. Mwah. Bye for now.